0: We're way through a short series looking at the offices of Christ. Last week we looked at the office of prophet. This week we're going to look at priest, and more specifically Melchizedek, which we heard of in our reading this morning. We're going to look a little more closely at the history of this mysterious figure, Melchizedek. We first hear of him in the three verses of Genesis chapter 14 that we read this morning. Where he is described as king of Salem and the priest of God most high. Let's just take a few moments to remind ourselves a little of the context of Genesis 14. Abram, not yet called Abraham, had left Ur of the Chaldees by faith and had travelled to Palestine to receive the promise from God that that land would belong to him and his descendants forever. His wife Sarai and his nephew Lot travelled with him. In the course of time, Lot and Abram realised they couldn't live near each other anymore, if you remember, because they owned too much livestock, so they separated. Lot went down and lived near Sodom and Gomorrah Abram continued to sojourn in Palestine A mighty king named Elimar ruled the region in which Sodom was and demanded that the lesser kings, the vassal kings pay him a yearly tribute This they did for a long time but eventually they rebelled and refused to pay him So kedah rallied his faithful vassal kings together to fight a war. Four kings on one side, five on the other. The closest thing to a world war of its time, so it was was a major conflict. The kings of Sodom and Gomorrah were defeated by kedah and he and his allies captured Lot and many others. Abram heard of this gathered his own army and rescued Lot and helped to defeat Kedalemer. After the battle, two kings came out to greet the victorious Abram. King of Sodom, with plunder from the battle, and Melchizedek, the king of Salem, to bless him with spiritual blessings. Now the key here is Abram refused the material wealth from the king of Sodom. But he accepted the spiritual blessings of the king of Salem, Melchizedek. Abraham Abraham accepting these blessings from Melchizedek is significant and it's something we'll look at in a little more detail later on. So after this first appearance in those three verses of Genesis... Melchizedek disappears never to be heard of again until Psalm 110, verse 4, where the writer says that the Messiah would be a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. So there's a connection between the Messiah and Melchizedek in that the Messiah will be a priest like Melchizedek, we're told. And that's it, that's all the Old Testament says about this figure. Now that probably throws up some questions for us. Just who is this man? And what's so important about him? Why would the Messiah be like him? What makes him so special? we now turn to the New Testament and our reading today from Hebrews the writer of Hebrews gives us some further insight saying although he was a son about Jesus although he was a son he learned obedience from what he suffered and once made perfect he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him and was designated by God to be high priest in the order of Melchizedek So the writer says that Jesus was designated by God to be high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Now at this point you may well pause and think I don't quite get that, that doesn't quite make sense. And that's okay because that's the exact position that the readers of Hebrews were in. They didn't quite get it either. Hence the letter to the Hebrews. Let's look a little at the context of Hebrews. Hebrews was written in the first century AD, probably about 64 AD or thereabouts. This was at a time when the church was under intense persecution. People were being martyred because of their faith. And it seems that these Jewish believers were being offered a way out of persecution if they would simply return back to their Jewish roots and practices. The author of Hebrews, we don't know for sure who that was, is writing to them to warn them not to do this. He explains to them that through Jesus, God has now established a new covenant by which people can belong to him. It's this new covenant that actually explains and fulfills the purpose of the covenant that God instituted through Moses all those years ago. The writer argues that to leave the new way for the old would be to leave a greater way for a lesser way for the sake of maybe alleviating some temporary suffering and goes on to say it would be a tragedy to do so. This letter Hebrews, then is him pleading with these people not to give up and turn away because the way of Jesus was better more perfect and the fulfilment of what they were actually looking for the Jewish nation was accustomed to a priesthood of the tribe of Levi this tribe was chosen by God to serve in the tabernacle. Aaron Aaron was the first high priest appointed by God. In spite of their many failures, the priests had served God for centuries. Generations of Jews had been born, grown up and died under the law of Moses and the sacrificial system. Millions of lambs and sheep and goats and bulls had been sacrificed in an attempt to atone for our sin. The tabernacle of Moses had then given way to the temple of Solomon. In due time, when the Persians had defeated the Babylonians and Cyrus the Great had been moved by the sovereign hand of God, The temple had been destroyed by the Babylonians and was then rebuilt under Ezra the priest and Haggai the prophet. From that time until the time of the book of Hebrews, in the first century AD, the temple had been the focal point of the entire nation of Israel. Three times a year, all Jews had been required to bring their animals to the temple to be sacrificed. It was woven into the very fabric of their lives. But the moment that Jesus Christ, the Son of God had died on the cross, saying, it is finished. From the moment the curtain in the temple had been torn in two from top to bottom, from that moment on, the Levitical priesthood had become obsolete. There is a new high priest and his name is Jesus. A priest in the order of Melchizedek. Let's look just a little closer at what that actually means. What is the symbolism in this man, Melchizedek? Hebrews chapter 7, verses 1 to 3 tells us that Melchizedek was king of Salem. And priest of God's most high. So he was both king and priest. In the old old covenant, the throne and the altar were separated. The priests were all Levites, descended from Aaron. The kingship was given to Judah, all descended from David. Those persons who attempted to invade the priest's office were judged by God. But here's a man who had both offices, king and priest. Aaron never had that privilege. And it's important for us to note that Melchizedek was not some counterfeit priest. Scripture says he was priest of the Most High God. So his ministry was wholly legitimate. The prophet Zechariah prophesied of a day when God would combine those two offices. Zechariah 6 verses 12 and 13 says, Tell him this is what the Lord Almighty says. Here is the man whose name is the branch, and he will branch out from this place and build the temple of the Lord. It is he who will build the temple of the Lord. And he will be clothed with majesty and will sit and rule on his throne. And he will be a priest on his throne. And there will be harmony between the two. And Melchizedek was a picture of this combination. A new order of priesthood in which our king would also be our high priest. And Jesus is the perfect fulfilment of this new order of priest, king. His name is significant. In the Bible, names and their meanings are often important. We name our children today without a huge amount of consideration as to what the names mean. But that was not the case in biblical times. The name Melchizedek means king of righteousness in Hebrew. The word Salem means peace. The Hebrew word being shalom. So the name Melchizedek is king of peace as well as king of righteousness. Melchizedek received tithes from Abraham. This important part is explained in Hebrews, chapter 7, verses 4 to 10, that we read this morning. The word tithe means one-tenth. Under Jewish law, the Jews were commanded to give God one-tenth of the crops, herds, flocks. We're told that in Leviticus. These tithes were brought to the Levites at the tabernacle and later to the temple. Tithing, however, did not originate with Moses. Abraham practiced tithing long before the law was given from God. Melchizedek's family is different. Melchizedek was a man, so he had to have had a mother and a father. But what's interesting is there is no record in Scripture of his genealogy. In the Old Testament, and that's significant that there's no record there, because most great persons in the Old Testament have their ancestry identified. It was especially important that the priests be able to prove their ancestry. Now Melchizedek was not an angel. He wasn't some superhuman creature. Nor was he an Old Testament appearance of Jesus Christ. He was a real man, a real king and a real priest in a real city. But as far as the record is concerned he was not born nor did he die. So in a sense in this way he's a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God. Though Jesus Christ did die Calvary was not the end For he arose from the dead As we heard in our children's video this morning And today he lives in the power Of an endless life Since there's no account of Melchizedek's death As far as the record is concerned It seems like Melchizedek is still serving As priest and king So that's another way in which He becomes a picture of what Christ would fulfil as the eternal son of God neither Aaron or any of his descendants could claim to be without genealogy they could not claim to have an endless ministry nor could they claim to be both king and priest like Jesus Christ Melchizedek had authority to receive tithes and bless Abram. The greatest of Melchizedek is seen in the fact that Abraham chose to give him tithes from the loot of Nineveh. Abraham acknowledged the authority of Melchizedek. Furthermore, Melchizedek blessed Abram in a special way. Hebrews verse chapter 7 verse seven says, "The less is blessed of the better." In giving Melchizedek tithes and receiving his blessing, Abraham affirmed the greatness of the king priest. The priesthood and the law were imperfect. The priests were imperfect men performing imperfect sacrifices until they died and then someone else took over. No one could handle it forever. With the law, if you break it, whether by commission or by omission, you're condemned. If you follow all the rules, you'll end up thinking highly of yourself like the Pharisees did. And you'll end up Condemned because of self righteousness and pride. Either way, you're condemned. It's a perfect system that reveals our need, our desperate need for a Saviour. The writer of Hebrews then shows us that Jesus is of the order of Melchizedek because he is a priest not based on the law or his ancestry but because he has an indestructible life and that Jesus is a better hope than the old way. Although this mysterious figure preceded Christ in history by 2,000 years, Melchizedek was made like the Son of God as a priest. It's a bit like that passage in John where John the Baptist says... Of Jesus. This is he of whom I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Just think about that for a minute. Jesus was the original, Melchizedek was the copy given in advance of Jesus' fulfillment. But how is that so? Because the priestly ministry of Jesus Christ existed in the mind of God before the very foundation of the world. Scripture tells us clearly that the word was there in the beginning. Revelation chapter 13 verse 8 speaks of the lamb that was slain from the creation of the world. Since Jesus was the lamb that was slain from the creation of the world, this means the priestly ministry of Jesus was crafted in the mind of God before the creation of the world. This is the true priestly ministry. The only one that has ever really stood before God on behalf of all sinners all other priests were, are merely types and shadows and patterns of reality. Now, Melchizedek was a type of Christ but Jesus is the true, the eternal the first and final high priest. The one who is able to save us make us whole again restore us and heal us because Jesus lives forever, ever. He is in the order of Melchizedek. He is high priest and king. He is able to make us whole. Whole in relationship with God. Whole in relationship with others. To bring healing where there is hatred. He is the one who... Who saves us. So Melchizedek was conformed to the pattern of Christ in some amazing ways. And was set forth centuries before Aaron was established as a high priest by the law of Moses. Melchizedek was in the pattern of Christ as a high priest of the God Most High. Also, as a priest king. In the pattern of Christ as king of righteousness, as king of peace, as the one who blessed Abraham, as the one who received gifts and offerings from God's people. Represented by Abraham as a priest who did not owe his position to his genealogy and as a priest whose ministry was not restricted to 50 years of age but who continues as priest to the end of his days when looking at Melchizedek makes you wonder at the depth of scripture and God's control over history just think this mysterious figure of Melchizedek steps out from the fog of ancient history very little is known about him just a a few things are said about him But the few words in Genesis chapter 14 and Psalm 110 set up this meditation we have in the book of Hebrews. God controls the unfolding of history. And he saw to it that this man, Melchizedek, could encounter Abraham at just the right time to insert a seed of truth that would come to full fruition when Jesus Christ appeared as a priest king. 500 years after Abraham's encounter with Melchizedek Moses wrote about him in his account in Genesis that we read this morning. 500 years after that King David wrote about Melchizedek in Psalm 110 writing The Lord has sworn And will not change his mind. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. In a thousand years after David, Jesus came to fulfill these images and give us a certainty of perfection a perfect king to rule our lives, a perfect priest to cover our sins. Marvel at this great salvation that God wove so deeply into the pages of history. The pages of scripture all fitting together so perfectly. The Old Testament is so crucial to our understanding of the New Testament. I know some bits of it can be a little bit more challenging to read but the blessings that flow from it in enlightening our understanding of Christ and the new covenant are immense as we have seen today looking at Melchizedek So we draw to a close secure in the knowledge that Jesus is our high priest may we know how truly blessed we are How completely our sins are atoned for by the blood of his sacrifice. How completely we are prayed for, interceded for by our high priest, Jesus Christ. How perfectly our every need has been addressed by the eternal plan of God. What an amazing saviour, our high priest and our king.